Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So this is a Christmas that is unlike any I have ever experienced before, and perhaps it is different for you as well. Perhaps it is not what you expected or what you had hoped to experience. And that is probably the greatest insight we could have into the first Christmas So often growing up, I had all of that expectation of a child that I knew we were going to have a big dinner. I knew that we were going to see family. I knew that we were going to go to church. And I knew that on Christmas morning when I awoke very early, usually around 4 a.m., that there would be things and there would be toys when I was really young. And as I got older, my grouping got smaller but more expensive. I do remember this. And so what ends up happening is that we cultivate this culture of Christmas and we get excited and we have great hope and expectation around those traditions and those celebrations that are a part of our family and our our traditions with our friends and what the world is doing. And when we can't have those, when they are denied to us in the way that we yearn to have them, we can become upset, angry, sad, and that's understandable. We have to remember that the first Christmas did not come because everything was wonderful. The first Christmas didn't come because everybody was excited and waiting. The first Christmas came because God's people needed a light in the darkness. And sometimes we forget that because we who live in a post-Christmas world, we, we know that Christ is with us. We know the story of Easter. We can go way down the line and talk about the second coming of Christ when Christ will return. But sometimes we fail to sit in that moment right before the birth. And tonight we have the opportunity to go back and realize that the people to whom Jesus first appeared really have a lot in common with us right now across the world. And that is that they found themselves in a less than ideal circumstance as far as who they were in the world. Their identity had been stripped of them. They were supposed to be God's people. They were supposed to be the kingdom of Israel. They were supposed to be a nation that had both a monarch that was supported by God, priests and prophets that helped the people grow in their love for God and a God that oversaw all of that. But by the time Jesus is born, these people are fractured and broken. They know what it is like to live in exile. They know what it is like to have fallen from the glory and to have their hopes and dreams and what they thought were the promises of God stripped from them. They were so desperate that they had been praying for generations. God, please send us the Messiah. Send us help. Send us hope. And it was only in the darkness that they could see the beauty and the breadth of the light that God was giving them. That's the irony of being a faithful disciple of Jesus, being a Christian, is that oftentimes 
We don't understand how precious grace is until we come face to face with the ugliness of our sin and the depravity of our guilt and the need to be forgiven. It's only once we fully comprehend that that we can truly revel in what grace is. Unmerited favor, full and complete pardon, liberation from our past and what we should suffer because of our sin, and instead being gifted this bright and beautiful future illuminated by the very one who came to bring light in our darkness and to show us a different way, a better, holier, hopeful way. And so as we experience what it is to live as human beings in this world, we know that sometimes we don't appreciate good health until it is threatened to be stripped from us. Sometimes we don't appreciate what it is to have good sleep until we ourselves are great with child. That was my experience. That I sometimes didn't understand just how good I had it until it was almost gone, completely gone, or the threat came to something that I had. And that's kind of the tragic story of God's people, is that sometimes we become too comfortable. We get to the point where things are going very well for us, and sometimes we've forgotten where we started. But this year, for some of us, it is truly an opportunity to realize that the same people that would have their world rocked by the birth of the Messiah and his earthly ministry 30 years later, have a lot in common with us. They knew what it was like to have mental and physical struggles. They knew what it was like to yearn spiritually for better days. And these same people were crying out to God, asking for help. And God sent it. God didn't just send them some reprieve. God didn't just send them a little relief. God didn't just heal a portion of them. God came to them. Emmanuel, God with us. Not God with them, God with us. And the beauty of that is that sometimes it is only from this vantage point that we can see the fullness of what happened all of those happy Christmases, those merry Christmases I had growing up and that I had for years in ministry, they are precious to me. And they are something that I want to have restored in, in some ways. But this year has taught me, it has cultivated in me an appreciation for a God that does not abandon us, a God that does hear us and listen to us and moves toward us in our moment of need. And every day, every day that we have felt the, the coldness of the isolation, every day that we have struggled with anxiety and fear, every day that we have been working through unexpected situations and unintended consequences of a pandemic, God has been working for us and moving toward us. And perhaps in a magnificent and miraculous way, God has been nudging us toward this moment so that once more we celebrate Christmas but in a new way understanding what it is to have prophecy come true and just as those people cried out back before the birth of our Lord we cry out to God now 
we have been crying, those that we know, those that we love, those that are our neighbors, those that are our enemies have been crying out. And God reminds us in Christmas, I hear you, I have received your pain, and I am coming to you. I don't leave you orphaned or abandoned. I am coming. And for the first time, perhaps we have a greater appreciation for what happened. We have these beautiful pictures. We have these nativities, this one here that sits on our altar, and many of us have them in our homes. And we look at them, and perhaps we look at them and say, oh, isn't it beautiful? But when we look deeper, what we end up seeing is that this was not the ideal circumstance. If you had family or if I had family that said, we have to come because the government is requiring us to come and stay with you. We have to come, but all of my household is filled and there's no hotel rooms, no motels, no Airbnbs available. And I had to put my pregnant cousin in my garage. How horrible would that be? And then to try to get to the point where you're going to give birth surrounded by animals and surrounded by the things that people don't want in their homes. But this is where you're going to give birth to your first child. This is where you're going to give birth to the Lord. And then to do that in, in relative isolation and over the course of the night, in the darkest part of the night, this light is born. And... God does not want that to go unnoticed, so God sends not just one, but a whole army, that's what a host is, an army of angels to let the only other people who seem to be awake know. The shepherds are doing what they can. That's their job. It's late at night. They've gotten their herds and their flocks together, and perhaps it's some wonderful commingling of goats and sheep, and they've brought them to a place that is relatively protected. They have been fed. They have been watered, and now they're trying to settle down and not go to sleep, but maybe catch just a little bit of a power nap because they're on duty. They've got to keep all of their animals safe and it's not because the shepherds are the owners. Usually they work for a household, and so they are going to be held accountable if one of these goats or two of these sheep go missing, attacked by predators. And so they're out doing their job. It is not a glamorous job. It is not considered to be a glorious job. It is not something that you said, hey, I hope that my child will grow up to be a shepherd on the night watch. But that's who was around, and that's who was awake. And so God gave them an incredible gift in the darkness of their night, God sent them the very first proclamation that Christ had been born. And that's terrifying. For those of us that have had that experience where you recognize that God is calling you to do something, usually we feel very much like the shepherds, terrified. Not because God would dare to speak to us or have a purpose for us, but because that means things are about to completely change. And I might not be especially thrilled about being a shepherd on a night watch, but it's better than not knowing what I'm going to be tomorrow. And so they have this moment after the angels fill the sky and sing this glorious song. They have that moment that every single one of us has. Do I stay? and pretend like nothing has changed? Or do I go knowing that nothing will ever be the same? And they did exactly what all of us hope to do, to hear God's invitation and to go right now. 
They leave their flocks and their herds. I know that we love to show a couple lambs in here. I know that. We love that because who doesn't love lambs? But they abandoned their work. They walked off the job and they came into the city of Bethlehem to find a baby wrapped in swaddling bands and lying in a manger. Can you imagine coming in after Mary's just given birth and God only knows what kind of state Joseph's in, and they come in and all of a sudden, these shepherds who probably smell like their flocks and herds walk in because God told them that you were here. God led us to you. And we're going to not just see Christ. We're going to see Christ because of you. And that is our opportunity this year. We have the opportunity to see that God is calling all of us to be those shepherds who respond in the greatest moment of need, in the darkest of the nights, when the world seemed out of sorts and not what we had hoped, not what we felt that we were entitled to, those shepherds chose to walk a different path. And that path led them into the most unlikely place to find a savior in a stable surrounded by animals with an exhausted mother and a concerned adoptive earthly father. And there for the first time, human beings glimpsed the glory of God in human form. And nothing would ever be the same. Mary was changed by what she heard. And those shepherds, after they gave their testimony, they went back to their flocks and their herds. They went back to their job. But they would never be the same. The world would never be the same. Now, things didn't just automatically change. Uh, an heir of David didn't take the throne and kick the Romans out and reform the temple structure and, and make everything perfect. That didn't work like that. But the light had been ignited, and nothing would ever put it out. And they were going to grow that light, and that light was going to spread, and 12 new lights, lanterns, would be cultivated, and they, in turn, would pass the light that they had received on to others. We are only Christians because people saw the light and passed it on. We are Christians because we have experienced how love illuminates our lives and our relationships. We know the darkness of sin and how sin gives rise to evil and how that creates the darkness of death, pain, and suffering. But we have felt the light of grace. And we know that that is not just for us. It is for all people. And this is a time when every Planet, person on this planet, every human being needs that light. This pandemic is all over the world. Every continent has felt it. I'm sure even those that would be in Antarctica have felt this pandemic. Everywhere on earth there is darkness and sickness and pain and suffering on a magnitude that I have not witnessed in my lifetime. But we also have the opportunity to let this light, this Christmas, expand like never before. Our world has never been this connected. Our testimony and the grace and the love that we can share has never been able to circle the globe as it is now. 
more churches, more Christians are connected digitally than ever in our history. And now is the time when we can take the light of Christ that has been at a slow burn in our hearts and truly let it shine. And now is the time when God is asking us to remember that light, to remember that it was gifted to us, not just once, but continually, continuously, so that it may burn in here and shine forth and bring help to those that are helpless, hope to those who are hopeless, and love to those who feel unloved. That is what Christmas means this year that we too have seen a great light and that we have been empowered to become the next lanterns, light bearers in this world. And maybe it starts small, maybe it starts in our household, but for every person that you can share the love and the grace, the testimony of Christmas, that light will grow and it will continue to transform lives and bring new meaning new purpose, new hope to a world that desperately needs a cure for the darkness. And our testimony on Christmas is that the cure is Christ. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.